Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all the things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind and your body and your movement. This episode was with two dear friends here in the beautiful city of Austin, Texas. I've been out here for the last couple weeks. And as you already may know, I'm reflecting on a transition from Los Angeles to here. And uh, then we'll see this winter. The hope is to travel to far off lands, but we'll see what the world permits. But while I'm in Texas, I've been doing some really beautiful conversations with some tremendous Texans. This today was with a New York City transplant or a couple who also recently made the move out of a place of high concentration, traffic, pollution, all things into a more rural location. Mickey Agarwal and Andrew Horn. These humans are tremendous and uh, Mickey, I had her on the podcast like a year ago and the audio got got messed up somehow. It was very sad. It was devastating, actually, because it was a beautiful conversation. Her book, Disrupt Her, just recently came out. Um, she is a multiple-time author. Um, she's won all sorts of awards. She's, I would say, one of the most pioneering female entrepreneurs, just entrepreneurs in general. In 2018, she was given the Most Creative People Award by Fast Company. She was, I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. Let's see here. 2015, Time Magazine deemed one of her, I think it was probably her company, Thinks, or it might have been Tushy, uh, Best New Inventions. She is a really powerful human being. And I'm very excited to get to share her perceptions and ideas with y'all uh, and also with her fantastic partner, Andrew, who we just went out on a gorgeous paddle surf journey across Lake Austin or Lake Travis, Lake Austin, Lake Travis. It was called Lake Travis, actually. And then came back in and uh, Andrew is a brilliant life coach. He is a writer. Uh, he's also a business consultant. Um, he, I was introduced to him him through a men's group that he was leading, and um, I found his message to be really supportive, the way that he carried the group, and so I was so excited to get to share conversation with them as a couple. They've been together for nine years, and this ended up becoming kind of, sort of, their own like guided couples therapy. I don't think I did anything. I think Andrew led it mostly, um, but I I was there. I was a fly on the wall, and uh, we got to learn about the value of relationship and learn about how they have been navigating their last nine years together and the ups and the downs and creating children and um, sexuality and a lot of really beautiful things. So if you are interested in learning how to enhance your relationship uh, with yourself, with your partner, with business people, I think there's a tremendous number of valuable tidbits that you can take away from this conversation. Both of these individuals are tremendous on their own. So to bring them together into one conversation, I am just so grateful to have the opportunity to do that. If you are a person who would like to get a bit more flexibility out of your hips, most of us since a very young age have spent a ton of time sitting in chairs. And what happens when you're sitting in a chair, when you go from a toilet seat that's raised up to a bed that's raised up to an office chair, to a car seat, to a bus seat, 
uh, your body starts to form into that shape. That shape is very disruptive in a deleterious way to the functionality of the rest of your body. And I created a resource absolutely free for you to begin unwinding those patterns that are very uncomfortable lead to things like chronic back pain. 80% of Americans will experience back pain in their lives that is unnecessary and we've got a solution. Very simple, very easy to follow, very free. You can go to Align Podcast, my Instagram page there, and the link for a short masterclass on how to unwind those patterns is right there. You can click on that little mofo and get yourself going. And uh, you could also check out more content at alignpodcast.com. And if you would like to go deeper, this six-week online method online program is also found at alignpodcast.com. And that guy breaks down each week is simple fundamental practices that you can integrate into your daily life and uh, each week is broken down into digestible bits afterwards you will understand how to operate your body optimally most effectively we never got that education in grade school or college and uh, we're providing what to you now with the Align Method six-week online program. It is the continuation of the Align Method book, and uh, people have been digging it, and I appreciate y'all's comments. Thanks for reviews on this. Thanks for doing you. Uh, here we go. Back to the scheduled programming with the beautiful, talented, pioneering Mickey Agarwal and the powerful Andrew Horn. Bow. Oh, talking to the microphone. We're recording. This is a podcast. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, yeah all things. What um, happened? What I happened got my t- I got my first uh, nail job, my first pedicure. I was trying I to support that. a local business in Los Angeles. Wonderful. During the whole apocalyptic shutdown. Uh, it was great. Why blue or why black? What color? I was just feeling oceanic. I like it. Have you, Andrew, have you explored such things? I would do something similar. I would do one toe. Um, I would come back from Burning Man and I would do one of my big toes a particular color like a gold spackle or mm, something like that spackle. just to remind myself not to take myself too seriously oh, that's good. and then it would just grow out yeah and i would go back to taking myself seriously i think you gotta sometimes you know sit back and he's doing some spit shine to andrew's <laughs> hair it's very cute um what were we talking about before uh, I, I demanded that we stop. We were talking about we were talking about relationships. Fuck, oh yeah, the term fuck and uh, relationships. It was much more. Yeah, of course, we're talking me, about like, masculine to be, to comes be in. Is, should, should women date multiple men, or or should men date multiple women? The specific the specific both? moment we stopped was yeah. I asked Mickey if we had a wonderful session earlier this week. We had sex. But it was like it was intense at times, and like it was hot. And so, what I asked Mickey was, "What's your instinctive response if I ask you, were we in that moment having sex or were we fucking?" And that's where we stopped it. And mm. so, we were thinking about the word and your relation to fuck. And there was some resistance to the term "fuck" as though it was like a I bad just, thing. And I, I was pointing out, I was like, I think "fuck" would be perhaps like a color in the palette. And there's there's many other colors. It's not like I it's just need to rebrand it. You I know, as a branding good. person, that's, that's good. That's good <laughs> what does it mean? You know? that's good I just think that I just think the word like fucking feels so like unemotional to me personally. And I know for you as men, you know, it feels very primal and it feels very sort of like, <laughs> but like, but like <laughs> for women, <laughs> it feels very like. 
can you just like, can you just like, I don't know, like play with my hair for a second <laughs> and then, you know, tickle my neck and then like kind of work your way down to like, ah! <laughs> but is there value in being able to oscillate through the whole spectrum and be I, able to I think so. have a moment of fuck? For sure. And then interchain into tickling your, your, for your hair. Sh- for sure. But I think, I just think the concept of fucking to me has a very pornographic tone and not that there's anything wrong necessarily with some porn I think just a lot of it is just so like heavily driven on penetration and I think fucking is very penetration heavy Mm. and I just feel like there's so much more to like sex and lovemaking and being connected with somebody and the emotional like juju that forms beyond just like the act of penetration so i think like fucking to me is very penetrative and it's fine for like a minute but Mm -hmm. after that it's kind of like okay what what's like what else is there what else you got Mm. you know so how does one cultivate the moreness from a as a a coaching coaching i think it's just really 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 like becoming present it's kind of like when you notice things, when you're like on mushrooms, you know, and you're like, wow, like whenever Andrew's on mushrooms, he's like, I just hugged a tree and made love to it. And oh my God. And it's like this whole thing. And I'm like, why can't, I'm like, ugh, like I feel that in real life when I'm like next to you, you know, kind of thing. And so like, I want to, I want to experience that um, in real life more so than just in, in moments. So I think, I think just, what that scope looks like is just like the noticing, the sort of the touch, like the presence. Like you can tell when someone's like tickling you just to get it over with mm-hmm. or tickling you because it's just like, you know, it's like you can feel that like electricity between, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a different oomph and different like, you know, to I'm, it. I'm curious how, so you guys have been in a longer relationship than I've ever been in, which is you've been together for the last nine years. Mm-hmm. How has your... uh relationship evolved in particular i guess we're talking about sexually right now Mm -hmm. um how has that evolved over the last nine years i love the way that you framed it of how did you invite in the moreness and i would say that one of the more transformative experiences that we had probably about four years into our relationship was introducing like not even tantric sex but really like the exploration of tantra and i think that for me what it introduced was a profound connection with my breath, which in turn was like a profound connection to presence. And the way that she described it, which was like a tectonic shift in how I was thinking about sex, was sex is not an action you take. It is an energy you allow. And the way that you cultivate energy is through a connection with the breath. And so it was like, what I began to realize is that like the more present I could become to my breath, to physical sensations, it's like the more I was capable of allowing energy to come through, of circulating, of magnifying. And so what it introduced was kind of like the more infinite nature of sexual pleasure, which is obviously if you're focused on strictly the physical, you know, you you will get to an endpoint at some point of how many different things you can do. And so that was a big one for, I think, for us because it, it allowed me to turn sex into more of a meditative practice of like the rejuvenation that I was getting there was not just physical pleasure, but it became more 
more spiritual in that moment. And so that was that was a really big one for inviting in that moreness. Hmm. Yeah. What does spiritual mean? I would just say that spiritual is kind of a, a sense of self beyond any of kind of like the labels or you know conceptions of how we're perceived it's just a profound knowing of my being and like a place to we talked earlier about flow states and the absence of self and it's like when we're surfing or paddling and we're gone of like this preconceived notion of who we are and so spirituality is I guess a connection to um yeah, like the the most authentic experience of my being that I that I know is how I think about spirituality. Mm. And and a big part of how I get there has been through this relationship, sexually and outside of it, ultimately. So I wonder with in a in a relationship lasting nine years, um, have you guys gone in and out of depths of being attracted to each other? Have you gone through stages where like, oh my God, I can't land, I can't stand her laugh or kneecaps or whatever. And you're like, oh my God, he's rude in this situation. And I don't like how he drives wrong or whatever. Have you gone through those types of... Fortunately, she's always been hot. So right, good for you, right? You can kind <laughs> of fall back she, on that. You know, she's, she's like a former pro soccer player who's got a rocking body, um, which is part of why I was attracted to her early on. It's like when I looked at her when she was... You were 31. When I was 31, I was like, this woman is going to be beautiful for a really long time. <laughs> I was like, you know, she's Asian. Asian like genetics. Jewish. I was like, yeah. there's going to be a, a moment here when like, we crisscross. And, like, I <laughs> Until sh- there's a certain age, I think, with certain Asians where they get, where they all of a sudden leap forward like 45 yeah, totally. years. They <laughs> <laughs> lose a couple That's of That's not going to be me. <laughs> That's because they just let themselves go. Maybe. In a lot of know, ways. I love how these things work. <laughs> but certainly, I think that like one of the beautiful things about our relationship is like we we've experienced the full spectrum of of everything of hating each other loving each other beyond measure of sexually i think that we've we've missed each other and we haven't connected at times we've been really intentional about how we've brought in support through coaches and training and different things like that mediums who could help us to navigate the more challenging times that have emerge throughout the relationship but yeah we've certainly had moments like that you know and ultimately i think that what we've learned is like we get to come through those hear each other's experience and then from that place of both of us being heard we get to make new commitments and kind of uh rules and what's what's on the other side of the the disengagement returning back to engagement a deeper I think a deeper connection of and a deep understanding of just what the other's needs are. And if you truly love each other, if we truly love each other, then we will honor what we really want. And it's like, if those who don't truly love each other won't treat the other person's like asks as their own almost. And I think if you really love someone, you'll want them to feel as free and as themselves and as truthful as they can be and honor that if you can. And if not, I mean, then you can, you know, cross that bridge. But I think, you know, most demands are like more connection, deeper connection, more time, like, you know, like not taking each other for granted, like 
things like that. Cause it's like with time, like with your family, you kind of like are, all right, mom, we'll talk later. You know what I mean? Versus like a new friend when you're like, tell me about you. Oh my God. Beautiful eyes. Wow. Like, and then all of a sudden it's like cut to nine years later. You're like, oh yeah, Mickey, I'll see you later. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, how do you maintain that? Like, you know, excitement in the relationship. And I think one of the things that we did was we, um, we, we, our, our, our coach Lauren Zander did a, um, set up a love contract for us where we basically wrote down things like, um, sex a certain number of times a week. We, we, you know, settled on two to two and a half times a week. 2.5. Yeah, 2.5. 2. <laughs> 2.5 is like two to three. I'd love to see know. the point 0.5 session. <laughs> and then... And, Send me videos. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Happy to. And then, and, then, um, and then stuff like four compliments a day. Stuff like that. You know, that that's important to me because I think for a lot of women, words of affirmation, feeling sexy, feeling beautiful, feeling seen. When you take your clothes off, you're not like just a roommate walking by it's like <clears throat> i'm yeah. naked like right. say something you know kind of thing and so i think um there's there's that just as long as we don't take each other for granted and start treating each other like kind of an old sock then it'll always remain hot and i think it, it breaks down for a lot of people in relationships when they just stop really giving a shit about each other and i think we really care about each other I have a friend and, and mentor and the way that he talks about sex, he says that sex is, uh, for him and his wife, is their fountain of youth. And I love thinking of it that way, is that like connection to sex between the two of them is like a source of such vitality. And they honor it with such, of like the commitment to their sexual relationship is a constant fountain of their vitality and their youth. And I've really felt that, of like the more that I have sex with Mickey, I feel like there's never a time when we have sex where I just feel worse afterwards. It's like meditating. It's like I just don't walk out of those experiences feeling worse than I walked into them. But sometimes it's like, come on. Well, we're also trying to have our second baby right now. So when we're we're having sex 10 days in a row and like the last night she comes back from doing, what did you do? 100 videos in four days. And so we're on day number 10. She gets home. And she's like, we don't have to have sex tonight. And I'm like, no, we're doing 10 fucking days in a you row. You guys are breeding. I was like, we got to do this. And so, <laughs> and so we basically called it corpse sex. <laughs> she's <laughs> sitting there. I was like sleeping. And I'm like, just fuck me, babe. I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. Is that the point five session? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Corpse, corpse pose. Yeah, the corpse but the, but the, pose. The word, the word. Shavasana sex. The word, the word that she's talking about of like what happens when we come back from these places of not meeting each other these fights arguments whatever they might be is an agreement it's like when we come back from these places and it's really bad or really important or significant like there always will be a new agreement established after we've come back but there's a real cadence to it which is that i think a lot of times in in relationships like what happens is like you don't meet each other well let's give an example the example that we want to give is that you know, like what I said to him is that my period, my cycle length is irregular. Sometimes it goes from like 26 days to like 35 days, 27 days. So like it's just very hard to gauge exactly when I'm ovulating. And I know you can, the sticks just aren't that accurate. And so I just said to him, I was like, if we just, I think we should just have sex 10 days in a row. And then he was like, just so refusing. And finally in the agreement, he was like, all right, let's just have fun. Let's do it. And that's just like, and by him agreeing to doing that and then by him 
like doing it in a way that was like fun and like loving and not like, oh, you know, it really, really changed. Like for me, the dynamic in our in our relationship as it pertains to like making a baby because it felt such a like such a slog yeah. on my own for a while, and that's what was a, that was a huge form of of a fight in our relationship where it was like I want to feel but like he wants to. The, the important thing that I think that. would be helpful for other couples that are here as well is, and I think we're guilty of this, and it's why we're so fortunate to have a coach who becomes a moderator in these moments, is that we don't get to agreement while we're still in a fight. It's like if we're still in a fight, it means that like someone feels like they are not being seen, heard, met, supported. And oftentimes both parties are kind of like hold that disposition. Like they're like, this person is not getting me. They're not valuing my experience. The other person's not getting what they need. And trying to solve a problem with an agreement, like, hey, we're going to do this thing either now or ongoing, is that the, the first step is that what happens on the other side of argument is a profound sense of being, having our experience validated by the other person. Before we ever get to agreement of we're gonna agree to have sex 10 days in a row and try and get pregnant, is you get to tell the other person exactly what you're thinking. We talked about blocks earlier, and it's like we don't wanna hold on to anything. It's like resentment is the killer of relationships. And so it's like, we don't want to hold on to anything. Oh, we, were both, we both had a lot of resentments for a built up, which is why we had to like, which is why we got to the place where we did. And we brought in Lauren and yeah. purged all of it out and got all of it out. And then it got, it, it got better right away. And we see the other person's experience. And from both people feeling like their experience has been seen, heard, validated, then you can say, okay, like what is the compromise? What is the action that we are both willing to commit to because we value this thing. And basically this is how it works. We basically like how Lauren, our coach kind of talks about it is, so like say we're in an argument, um, you know, she said the angrier person gets to go first and just like go like, and then you, and this, and this, and this they and get feel, to decompress. They get to just get it out first. The angry person. tire has a lot more air in it. Yeah. Yeah. Have, the angry have per- some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the angry person yeah. gets to go first <laughs> and then the other party has to listen intently and what Lauren said was so profound she said listen as though like you want to be li- like the listen exactly the way you would want to be listened to mm. and so it's so so when you're listening to the other person share all their like ugh, upset and resentments like listen to them like you would want listen them to listen l- to you listen with the ears that you would like whatever you have to say to be received with mm. right yeah. And so then after he hears me with intent and like genuine curiosity, not like, well, hey, a defensiveness, but like an actual like genuine curiosity of like, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was your perspective. Like then he gets to repeat it back to me what he heard in a very clear way. Like, wow, this is like, like I'm feeling your experience and this is what your experience is. Like it's so frustrating for you because like every month you feel alone in that like having a baby process, you feel like you're the only one pushing to have this baby and having sex, you know, it's kind of, a, kind of an important prerequisite for that and it's frustrating to always get like pushback. Not with Jesus. You know? <laughs> There's been exceptions. And so, but to feel heard in that, <laughs> exactly, well, yeah, it's <laughs> But to feel heard in that and then, and then to hear his side, like, hey, like, I want to keep, I mean, like, I think having sex every other day actually, like, builds up my sperm and I just want to do it in a way that I think is more, like, makes more sense, like, medically or whatever. And and, and so, and I was, and I get, I got to repeat back to him and say, oh, like, this is, 
exactly where you're coming from. And then by hearing each other's perspective and really embodying each other's perspective, it actually does like take it down a sh- like a lot of notches and we get to find resolution. Are you guys describing the election? You're describing Republican Democrats right now? <laughs> all the controversies in the streets uh, and the potential for civil war in the United States? Dude, you can't listen to what anyone else has to say. It's hold on to our opinions as deeply and yeah. strongly as possible, right? Yeah. And ride that all the I way to the finish line. This work. opinion six months ago, I will not change. That's just bullshit. Now my religion. It's one of the things that's, it's hard. Like if like, you know, we love the shit out of each other and we both try. But in moments we, we forget that, right? That our intentions are really pure. We're in this for the long haul. But then to, to really empathize with her saying things about me that are really hurtful are, are hard. And then also for her to really empathize with my judgments about her are really hard. But the moment that you're able to empathize with someone else's perspective in a relationship, for me, what always happens is that my own judgments and anger just become like a little, a little, like just lessened because it's like they, they're, they're trying in their own way. They're not trying to be an asshole. They're not, you know, trying to do anything. And then it's just, it just brings you to a place where again, you're more capable of being pragmatic versus just responding to the emotions of the moment, you know, and the emotions that have built up. I wonder if a relationship is kind of like a physical, tangible practice of union with all through the, the, the medium of, of one individual person. Because if you're trying to be, you know, have this one love unity with all of earth and humanity, that's like a lot to digest, but ultimately for like your spiritual and air quotes journey, that's probably what it's all about, hmm. you know? And so we're like, okay, let's just hone in on one and see if we can kind of make that work. And that's like, you know, sexuality, like the French word, like little death. It's like a little ego death where it's like, oh, I've almost like converged with this other being. And in that, that's like the, the, the building blocks to converging with, with all. And then when you guys are in argument, it's that separation and you mm. feel that separation and it's, it hurts and it irritates and it makes you want to cuss them out and your tires getting filled up with pressure. And then the, the journey back is, is union again, but ultimately it's, it's towards union with, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, so it's like starts with like one resolution and that one resolution kind of opens up the rest. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, 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 you're um, minimizing variables. You know, if there's too many variables of how do I connect with all of humanity, mm. you know, and Gaia and the universe and all that, it's like, okay, that's a lot of variables to, to juggle. It's like, well, okay, well, let's just narrow that. That was too complex. Uh, how about one person? Can yeah, you do that? One yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The, my, favorite, my favorite quote I ever heard about social anxiety was... Um, I asked this, this guy, AJ, who started the Art of Charm podcast. Yeah. And so he's got a lot of, he's talked to all these people about communication. I was like, what's the best thing you've ever heard about communication and connecting and social anxiety? He said, just take it one conversation at a time. And it's like, you can't, if you're thinking about connecting humanity, right? It's just, it's an intimidating, overwhelming goal. And same thing, you want to connect with like everybody. You want to connect with humanity. I think that again, being able to do that in one relationship is what allows you to do it in another and then another. And so this is for sure our playground. And I think we'd both say that, you know, easily been like the most impactful, like tool of our own development and evolution as people for sure. Yeah. Andrew's very um, militant about this practice of making sure we hear each other. And I'm so grateful for that because sometimes like in the heat of sort of like a moment, it's, 
really hard to see the other person's perspective when you're like feeling really right in your perspective, but then to honor the actual process is just, it's not about winning, but it's about resolving. And I think that's where, you know, like we get lost politically today, where we get lost in media, where it's just about winning and the takedown and the clickbait and the, all that shit. And I think if it's, if it's about resolution and well-being and love and connection, then, you know, yeah, maybe it won't sell as many papers, but it'll certainly create a much more cohesive world. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think, I think for, for us, like having that process is so important to keeping a really happy home. It seems like you'd probably have to keep tabs on the buildup of all of the, the subtle little prickles that would manifest along the way. Um, because then when you finally do have some type of explosive tectonic shifting and like the earth is quaking, it's like, well, that was very likely has nothing to do with, you know, you leaving the sponge wet or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're, but if like, you're both at the edge of, yeah. of, of other, you know, you're othering each other. Then all of a sudden the sponge could be the thing that like throws it over. Sends you out to go bang somebody <laughs> Death or something. By a thousand you're like, oh cuts. no, we've spun yeah. out. Like we, we let it build up. Yeah. And I think that's where Lauren, like our coach keeps saying like every week we should be doing a check-in, which we have not been doing. Uh-oh. Which we need to be now doing a check-in. Here we are. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think of it as when you talk about like keeping note of those things, yeah. I think about it as like the poster you've seen in like a psychiatrist office and stuff like that of the iceberg. Mm. They talk about like the conscious self. It's like sticking right on And the subconscious and then the young. And so it's like when you see an iceberg, it's like you see the conscious self, which is like the unconscious mind is that little piece you see right under the water. And then the unconscious self is like this massive behemoth that goes down for yeah, you know, of hundreds of feet. And so it's like when you talk about these arguments, again, of like we would try to argue about like a, a thing that's happening. But if you're not addressing the thing that's unresolved from a week ago, it's like you're not you're not able to resolve or it. Or 35 right. years ago. Or 35 right. years ago. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's, and so we're really intentional about that is that when we, one of the things that we do is that you, you can't do something called list building in our relationship. And so list building is the idea that like, if we have a, an argument about something that has happened or disagreement, we would go into the framework of like hearing each other. If we need to set an agreement, then we would do that. And then if someone were to, like bring pile up something, on. pile on of like, and then it's like, when you do this, it like reminds me of when you did this thing from like a year ago, yeah. like what our coach really well, aptly the, says. The thing we were talking about was like a couple of months ago. Well, a couple of months ago or something like or that. Or like but, less. But it was something that had been cleared in the past. And like what we had talked about mm, is- It wasn't. Oh boy. What was the thing? Let's, let's talk about it. Um, that was about like, um, I think like having my back or something like that. I, for, I forgot. What, what was the fuck? I think it, it very well could have been. <laughs> but it's the idea that everything, that any resentment that's there deserves to be worked through. Yeah. But in the moment, like if you're just bringing in a past gripe that is kind of re-emerging like right now, you can say like that's valid and we're going to deal with that separately. But what we're going to focus on is on what has happened in this moment. Mm -hmm. Of like, so we're going to discuss this one and then it would be on her if she has a resentment to then like actually like write that out and like say, hey, here's this thing that I'm holding on to. Because if you're holding on to a resentment in the relationship, ultimately like you are fucking up and damaging the relationship, right? I may have done something that pissed her off or like wasn't showing up the way that she needed me to. But the second that she's holding on to that, 
that's going to leak out and taint the relationship in ways that like, you know. And would you have the potential to also take some degree of responsibility for um, kind of painting her into a position of feeling safe enough to let that stuff go? You know, because there still could be some like otherness in that mm -hmm. where it's like you are holding on to this so you are fucking up the relationship. I wonder if there's an opportunity in that to both of you come back to 100% responsibility mm. for your role and the other's role in yeah. your life. Yeah. You know, so I, I wonder that. if that, that's, I'm not even saying in relation to you, just in, as a general thing, I think it's like a beautiful rule to like to attempt to ingrain into one's life. Totally. It's like, oh, that person that mugged me. How was I 100% responsible for that? Hmm. Well, maybe it was the manner in which I walked. Maybe it was the clothes that I chose to wear that day. Maybe it was a street that I'm walking down at that time. Maybe it was a whole pile of, you know, maybe I could have been working on my fitness for the last 16 years, you know? John O'Connor, a really powerful men's work guy, when you say it's like, how am I 100% responsible for this? What he would say is a more helpful way to get to that place of culpability is how am I 10% responsible for this? Sure. It's well, it's the relationship with one as opposed to whole. What, it's like, it, let's reduce the variables. Let's have inch our way in. If I can, but then, that's but, what you'd say. So it's like, it's like, look, it's like what she's saying. If I, if I could just say like, just to start of like, is there maybe 10% of that true? Like what she's saying. And then like, is that a way to just really like Cracks dive the door. in and then open myself to what she's saying? Yeah. Because it's so often we're in our own perspective and experience that we're incapable of hearing. And so it's just the idea of like allowing. A, yeah. So can you do that? I'm pretty good. What do you think? I think I'm pretty good. I love yeah, this. We're going in on the live yeah, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's a, go. No, uh, he's... That's a great no, place he's, to... He's, to, to he's, good, he's, good at, he's good at the overall, for sure. <laughs> so what is... What is, what is, what is so how could we clear the slate between... Uh, where are you both at with well, your slates right now? Well, I mean, I think like one of the resentments I had recently was around... I mean, you know, like around... Um, true deep presence and I think like you know sometimes I feel like um like you um like are super present with for example going paddle boarding for two hours with our new friend you know mm -hmm. for example and asking so many questions and being super present and thoughtful and being Andrew Horn everyone knows and loves and then sometimes with me I feel like um it's a bit it's a it's like two minutes here like five minutes there and it's just it doesn't feel like a real drop in that I that I really want in our relationship I hear that and then I would reflect it back so what I would say is um, I hear you saying that you see me spending a lot of time with other people and giving them my full presence like going paddle boarding with Aaron or going and playing disc golf with John and Ben and that sometimes you feel like I don't afford you the same level of presence and you... Or like in like a little... And then you say, no, but remember when I did this and remember when I did that and remember when I did this? And I justify yeah. my lack of presence with you. Yes. And it makes you... It hurts you. Yeah. Do you feel hurt? Right, but then don't you have to like say what you're going to do? No, you would have to hear me. Oh, oh she right. doesn't like this part. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay, great. No, no. Okay, do I feel heard? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Please okay, yes, going. yes, I feel heard. Um, so then, what I would say there is what you're saying. So this is what I'm saying yeah. is, um, I feel that when I try to do things um, independently that oftentimes you get jealous mm. 
and <laughs> you don't support me in doing these things that are really important for my my well-being of like I love being one-on-one with people I I love and respect and and being like just dropped in and doing that and and sometimes I just don't feel supported in that and I also feel like I do give you presence and like you know, two hours of like a baby making ceremony, which is not something that I would do of my own volition, but that I'm happy to support you in. And so that's, that's how I feel. Well, that's like us calling in our baby. So this would be something that yeah. in, in the container you wouldn't, there's no, oh, there's right, n- there's right, no, right, right. So what she's doing right <laughs> now is, is justifying her okay, own right, experience. Right, right, right. So, okay, I like this. So what she would do then is, is there a okay, title so for this type of communication? I'm really enjoying this, by the way. Thank you very much. This would just be, this is, this is just active listening. And so, let me, let me own that. So, um, what I'm hearing is that you are, sometimes you feel like when you want to spend time with people that I, instead of being happy for you, I get jealous because you're not giving me the time, but you're giving them the time, but you really just want to drop in with friends. And I understand that. And that I feel like... And that you feel like you do um, give me presents. Um when when asked what would presence can i interrupt please yeah. yeah what would presence for you mickey ultimately what's your ideal vision of presence for me is like is like when you know there's it's not like we're doing something else like you know like the baby making thing like we're we're in a ceremony calling in our babies we're with a person on zoom like telling us what to do so while i'm grateful that you know we spent that time as new parents to like call in our baby together. Um, in it's a manner like, in which you probably chose though, right? In a manner which I chose for sure. Um, yes. And um, I do think that for me, it's just like, like dropping in without being distracted, like about to like go somewhere or cook food or do this or do that. It just, it's more like we're, really just here with each other, just having a conversation. Like Tikhan Han said, like, you can't walk and talk at the same time. You can't walk and eat at the same time. You can't talk and eat at the same, like you just, you do one thing and that that's like what deep presence is. And so for me, like, I feel like I would love just deeper presence um, where it's just, it's not like he's walking away from me as I'm telling him a story, but it's like, we're just really here together and, and hearing each other. And that's it. Hmm. Yeah. And I think one one thing that I say that I was like kind of tearing up when you when you were talking and I was listening is because Mickey did this tapping session with our amazing friend Jennifer this week, and she came out, and we have these kind of like archetypes that sometimes we will aspire to, and mine is SPA, and hers is EGM. EGM. So SPA is super present Andy, and EGM is is easygoing Mickey. And so like when we're, so we're like when we're going on vacation, we're like EGM and SPA are going on vacation. That's funny. Yeah. And the thing, the, like, <laughs> easygoing Mickey and super present I, Andy. I grew up in Hawaii. I'm a fairly laid back individual, and like one of the things that makes Mickey magic is that she has this like motor, and it's like she's when she's into something and like with her, her projects, her businesses, like she's just going and she's focused and she's on. And you articulated this to me and it was, it was really meaningful for me. As you said, it's like when I can think about like all the times that I really relax, like all the times that I really get to Mm -hmm. go into EGM, it's like, I'm with you. 
Yeah. You know? And so, and I, and I, so I, like, I, I hear that and I'm just like, again, it's like, so that she's going so hard and it's so beautiful. And then at the same time, it's like being with me is that is something that's really important. And so when she doesn't have that, she's still in that space of just working so hard. Yeah. And so I get it. I, um, Mickey, I wonder, uh, with your ideal vision of presence, I wonder if, is there any specific traits or moments that you can pick out that uh, you really value with Andrew? So not so much like the ideal vision up here, but specifically points that you appreciate about him. Yeah, I mean, I think what what he's saying like is real. Is just that like, I... You know, I think I think the presence for me drops me into like EGM and like the not not needing to be such a hard charging. But are there specific tangible traits or moments, instances where it's like, oh, Andrew was like my flavor of present in that moment, and it really uh-huh, made me feel yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What is I that? Mean, um, I would say, um, I mean, at Rada's farm mm. when. We when 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 um, you just came over to me. I mean, you were on a lot of LSD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but he really <laughs> just dropped in with me and just didn't want to do anything else but talk to me yeah. and just be with me and wrap me around him and just like tell me how much he loved me and like how he just loves talking. You know, just like being with like it was just like a moment and I was just like, oh, like that felt really like it wasn't distracted. Like it's just, you know, sometimes like millennials, you know, it's just like a, the thing where it's just it's easy to distract. Where it's like, trained that way. Yeah. And it's like with porn and all all that. And I feel like um, for me, it's like that moment was just sort of like, oh, like he just, like I felt it. Like I felt like he just wanted to be with me. Yeah. And I, and I get it. It's, it's an edge for me. And I can own that, that like I do like to be in motion. And like the idea of, holding these spaces where like Mickey asks a lot for kind of like, she just wants mornings in bed. She wants to have sex. She wants to lay, she wants tickles. And like a lot of time I can acknowledge this of like, I want to be out doing stuff and in, so in, in motion. And but that, I mean like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to agree with what you say not saying that you don't. And so I think that like what you're asking for, there's something that I that I appreciate and like want more of for myself is that kind of calmness with you. And so it's like, again, it's like in something like this where it can be frustrating, but ultimately what she's asking for, I feel is aligned with like the type of person that I want to be. And so why it may be challenging to navigate it. Like I, something that I oftentimes say is like, we're only getting better. Would you agree with that? Yes. What are you, what are you cheering up about? No, that like, you know, that like to be, I don't know, in a relationship for nine years and still want that, it's pretty fucking cool. And we had really great sex this week. <laughs> we did, we did. <laughs> we did, we did, we did. Like the fact that I still want to hang out with you is just, is still huge for me. Because I'd be like, oh, get out of my face. Like what's, you know. But the fact that I'm like calling forth for more time is just still like no, it's pretty. That feels, it's pretty fucking that awesome. That feels fucking great. Can we have a high five? Maybe a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's the best. But like, yeah. But remember at Rado's farm? Yeah. Like that. Like that. <laughs> remember, we also we also two weeks ago we had sex every single day for ten days. That's true. That was great. <laughs> well, twice, two times of it was corpse. Corpse. <laughs> that was the point five. That's the point, point, point five. <laughs> That's part of the statistic. Um, I wonder with uh, you, Andrew, like, like to me, what I like in the beginning of a relationship, you know, you're all hopped up on lust and endorphins and serotonins and dopamines and all that's yeah. like, wow, I just want to like be you, like, go in. Um, and then I think there's there comes a certain point where you can you can pour so much of yourself into that that perhaps like your other kind of autonomous exploratory, especially for a man, I'm sure men and women, you know, it's depends on, on the individual. But I think that um, at least I can only speak for myself. I have this, you know, I want to explore and I want to go out and I want to kind of fill that aspect mm-hmm. of my cup to be able to come back into that nurturing home piece and actually feel 100% there. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, what does being completely full in that way look like for you, Andrew? Great question. Mm. Um, I, there's two things that I would, I would respond with. And the first was an observation that I made probably about like two years after I became an entrepreneur and I started to like roll in some of these entrepreneurial communities and see people who are achieving success and killing it. <laughs> I was at this big conference and I just remember the people that I was connecting with. I, I just, I saw that the people who were the type of happy that I wanted to be were the people that had families. Like I just, I just like, I was just like really checking out like what vibed with me. And I was like, man, all the guys that I really like and all the women I'm connecting with are like in committed relationships. So I have kids, they're just like doing cool shit, but they just see, it was a different thing that I observed. And that was honestly like one of the moments where I was like, man, am I open to love? Like really heading down that path. And I think I oftentimes think about the idea of, this is like an old David Data saying, but it's like that a, a man's primary purpose will, will be manifesting that purpose, will not be cultivating relationship with the partner. And he says that oftentimes with the feminine, that those two are switched and that like their primary drive will be cultivating that primary relationship, their family, and manifesting purpose kind of after that. And so, and these aren't gendered, this is just energetic, masculine, feminine. And so when I think about what allows me to commit so deeply to this relationship is the idea that on this path of, of, of becoming who I'm supposed to be, of manifesting purpose, whatever I'm supposed to do here, is what I've realized being with Mickey is that on the surface, the thing that I think a lot of people think is gonna give them the freedom to do that is, is time and freedom. And in a relationship can appear as an attack on time and freedom because it's someone else that you are prioritizing their needs, being with them versus just solely expressing what it is you got to do. And I think that what we miss a lot of times and what, what I've realized in this relationship is that it is in relationship, it is in intimacy that we can be held accountable for being who we are. And by choosing Mickey as my witness, the person who knows me better than anybody, and to reflect that back to me and to call me on my shit and to like call me forward and challenge me over and over again that ultimately like i the the process of 
of evolution, of becoming who I'm supposed to be, of magnifying impact in the world is, is so accelerated versus anything I could do on my own. And so it has been an acceleration of the, the, adventure, the adventurous spirit in me to experience as much as humanly possible while I'm here that like who I am now, who I'm pretty stoked on, like I, I like me, mm-hmm. is like what I said at our wedding is I was like, you know, it's like that I, there, there is no me without prioritizing us because it's like what, that by prioritizing the relationship and what we've created together, um, that's the version of me that I, that I fucking am stoked on mm. and, and that I love. And so that's how I feel really fulfilled there. The only two uh, parts that were like s- stood out as me, we were talking before as we were paddling, like the, like the language police. Um, <laughs> the one was uh, who I'm supposed to be. I wonder yeah. what that means and the concept of supposed and all that. And if that is some, if that perhaps could be some level of like contraction, yeah, you know, who am sure. I supposed to? Okay, cool. Now I have this separate idea of supposed. I have to kind of find that. And then the other part of experiencing as much as humanly possible. I wonder if that's like another pressure. Hmm. It could not be. It could be. I just wonder. The construct that I think I seek to express myself in the world is through values. Is like an understanding of, it's like, what are, what are the things that, that I value most? And then what are the worldly expressions of those things? And so, like I would say that again, it's like the experience novelty. So to experience as much as possible just feels like something that is that I feel very little pressure from, but just it's like a reminder of something that it's newness and new things and new experience is just a I'm so enamored with the world and the fact that we get to experience any of it at all. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy the full spectrum of it and how much I can expose it. This is something that I wonder. This is I'm making this about me. I apologize, but it's something that I've noticed with uh, like traveling, for example. Sometimes I'll have this. I'll become like a neophile of sorts, where it's just like, oh, I want like this new experience and this new girl and this new language (laughs) and this new car and this like all this stuff, and it's like out, and it feels like I'm getting this fulfillment of 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 newness. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm getting as many experiences as humanly possible kind of thing like i'm getting the experiences and then what i personally have noticed on repeat uh is a certain level of like it feels almost like that sensation starts to become empty and then the pendulum starts to swing back and i'm like oh how do i go find that that new terrain by going uh deeper into the moment Mm -hmm. you know and so is it possible to perhaps open oneself up uh, to encounter newness without ever like changing location or position. Yeah, and that that's a part of like we also talked about. You know, again, like making love with the you know figures that were constructed in my mind through listening to forest sounds. Oh, yeah. And it's like so. There's a. I'm very when I think You're of probably going to need to unpack that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> As you said that, I'm envisioning like the conehead sex hats. You guys like, see yeah. that? Yeah. You thought about? No. I had a, that's that's sex post COVID. Oh. People are going to have to refer back to Conehead. That will be sex. <laughs> Isn't that what they say in uh, what country is that where they're they're having they suggest like glory holes and such? Do you know what I'm talking about? What are glory holes again? Glory holes where you stick the the phallus, the male, okay. the male ornament. You put that into a hole, and then it's just a board. It's just a it's just the 
just the P sticking out the other side. Oh, and then oh, on yeah, the other side is, right. a, is, a, is a whole right. concentration of pleasure. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's oh, much right. safer during yeah, yeah, because yeah. of viruses. Oh, smart. Mine is venereal. You know, but, you know, airborne viruses. That's <laughs> really, really, really so cool. So I can, I can tell a story, but so there's that one of like, the, there can be a desire in my idea of like uh, valuing new experience, detached from the seeking or need for, you know, that in moments or mm-hmm. looking for that externally versus understanding that there's like an infinite internal world that we can dive into. Yeah. But you said something earlier that I think is actually like, I hope we can make it about you when we talk about the idea of you keyed off on like who I'm supposed to be. Mm. And when we talked kind of earlier about like your own values, right. Of like being present in the moment and like whether like constructing a vision of who you will be in two years or what you want to achieve by then, Mm. like how that infringes upon our ability to be fully like present. Like the idea of who I'm supposed to be. Well, I mean, Andrew, Andrew said something to me a couple of days ago when like, you know, my nanny, my nanny in Brooklyn loves my son or loves our son hero. And, um, and I told her that we would, you know, like call her or send videos. And I was like, Oh, we should call, we should call, um, Mary Saul. And, um, Andrew was like, whenever you say should, like that just puts a lot of pressure on you. Sure. Like when you just like every time you're like, I should do this. I should call my parents. I should, I need to, I should. It's just, it's just pressure. I never put those two together where it's like, oh, should is pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was a really interesting thing. So I think it's the same thing. It's like who I'm supposed to be is pressure. Just like you said. And we don't realize we're, we're, um, we're kind of like casting spells on ourselves, spelling words. Like we're, we're, we're creating our, uh, so like we're almost like forming a house of of language all the time, and so there's like there's an interesting before as we were paddleboarding, Andrew and I were talking about the the Paraha people, the Amazon. There's a book called Don't Sleep There Are Snakes by it's not James Prescott, it's something else. Anyways. Don't sleep there are snakes. What a yeah. great name. So he was so he was fella. What the hell is his name? I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, I need to get Young Jamie. I was actually we were out and about with uh, Young Jamie. Yesterday, I should like who's young Jamie, the Joe Rogan's Jamie's. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But within that, they were um, this guy. He went out to convert these Amazonian tribal sinners into Christians, you know. And so he was like going out, just doing oh. standard missionary work, hero. And so he was going out and uh, doing that. And then what he found was he ended up kind of being converted himself over to kind of more of their whatever their non-religion would be kind of just relationship with nature and each other. Oh, he got converted to oh, them yeah, yeah, instead yeah. So of them. So then he ended up writing books and living out there for years and the whole thing. And I want to read it. Great. One of my favorite books. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really excellent. You mean Don't Sleep There's Snakes? Don't Sleep There's Snakes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch. I'll yeah, check it out. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting with that is he found uh, that these people they didn't have their language structure was totally different than that of of you know english and so they didn't have any numerical system there was no i'd like 25 fish please there was just fish you know lots of fish little fish um they didn't have i believe but no time yeah so the time was the other big thing that was that was what got so me so it was like it was like sun was here yeah so well well the the bigger conversation with the time thing that i found really interesting is they didn't have history 
beyond this lifetime. So if I didn't remember it, if it didn't happen like in our relationship or my memory as a child or any of that. It I never just, happened. It's prove it. You know, and so then I recently did a conversation with, with uh, Byron Katie, who she's like this Ojai you know, wizard lady. She's lovely. The work. Yeah, she's great. So yeah, when, yeah, sure. with Byron Katie, if we were here with her, she'd be like, prove to me there's a moment beyond this instant. You know, and it's like, did we have this conversation mm, yeah. before this? And, you know, from Byron Katie's lens, it's like, well, prove it to me. I would, but I always, have a, I always wonder about that because when people have sure. trauma or go through really challenging things and they're like now is everything and just, you know, like the past has happened already and the rest, you know, like the rest is a story in your head, right? It's very Landmarkian. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, what happened happened, the rest is a story and now you're just carrying that story with you. But there is something to be said about healing the past in order to really get to present too. Yeah. So um, sometimes I wonder about like that kind of line of thinking of like the work, whether it's you know, Byron Katie or whoever, is that like all that matters is right now. You can reinvent the possibility of now, now, and now, and yeah. now. But like what does that say to those who've been through stuff and it, and they're sort of get stuck in, in, in things? It seems like for the most part you need, one needs to ideally, maybe first. not needs, but, but could ideally uh, come to a point of acceptance. Yeah. You know, and that acceptance could, you know, come into a place of, okay, now the weight is gone. You know, but I think I, I, I would like to believe that there is the potential for spontaneous healing mm -hmm. and of any sort, whether it's physical or whether it's some type of you know, disease or emotional thing or relationship thing or whatever. Um, it's just what is your relationship with the past and the future. But if you're truly in the now, in like the Byron Katie now, um, then there's probably not a lot more space for anything but love right and gratitude and i totally get that and that's not to spiritual bypass disregard the past and you know all the effed up stuff that you did to me and all that stuff but the idea that you did to me that's where all of a sudden the friction manifests versus taking 100 percent responsibility and how can like i that. come into responsibility and maybe not necessarily responsibility is like oh i set myself up for you to abuse me that was my fault but more coming into responsibility of like I'm, yeah, I'm kind of just spitballing here, but, you know, perhaps uh, I was with dinner with a guy recently. Um, you know, the, the, the movie Plandemic Indoctrination? Yeah. Yeah. So, same name as you. Yeah. Mickey, yeah. 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 So I was thinking about you the whole time. And one of the things that he, he mentioned in that, which I'm sure would be fine to, to re-mention this, um, was relationship with, uh, father and, you know, having, not having like a ton of, of time you know and the father wasn't like as present as what you know this should be mm -hmm, ideal mm -hmm. and then he had this analogy of of you know if uh if you're on a boat and the the rudder is just askew even a hair like where does that end you up in a thousand miles you're like well you're in a completely like, yeah. different continent you know, and so he kind of had this moment. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope it's okay to share. I'm almost 100% positive it's, it's okay to share. Uh, but he had this moment with his, his dad where it was like he was thanking him for not being present because the way that, because he loves where he's at. Mm. So he comes back to that love of the present. You know, so if you can navigate yourself into that, then you have nothing but gratitude right. for all of the effed up stuff that happened in the past. Because if it was off even by a hair, you'd be in a different place. Yeah. So ultimately it comes to like, can you come into acceptance of now? 
That's and that's that's the word that really stuck with me. Acceptance. And I think like that's where that's the that's the part that I think, you know, um people who've experienced trauma like have to get to a place of total acceptance yeah. and then can move forward. And I think that And that's the negotiation. That's yeah. Like how do we get to that point? Yeah. That and point then of it's total acceptance. We, we do EMDR, yeah. Yeah. do we do massage, do we do talk exactly. therapy, do we do breath work, mm-hmm. do we climb a mountain? Or all of the above. Do we have a near-death experience? Do we eat DMT or smoke DMT? Like, what's pick your path? Ultimately, I think all roads lead to acceptance. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, and I think that's really powerful. Mm. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, uh, "I don't know where." Like, I'll be in two years, mm. and I said, "Well, where do you want to be?" And what was your response to that? Was was kind of akin to what you're talking about. Yeah, here I think I should. Mean, yeah, I, mean, I think the needs, right? It's fun to have like th- aim, th- like to aim for something. I think it's both. I think it's like an oscillation between. It's kind of like coming back to like the fuck thing. There's no bad. It's with anything. If you spank your child, it's not about whether you spanked or didn't spank. It's like, was there intention, was the intention love and compassion as you were spanking? So if you fuck your wife or you love your wife or you, you nurture your wife or whatever it is, it's like, what's the intention behind that? If I'm maliciously fucking you, that's going to be a bit more, I'm taking out like childhood, whatever. That's vastly different than if I'm like fucking you yeah. with love. That goes gets back into like David yeah. stuff. And so the idea of having your plan for the future, I think it's my response to that was, it's great if that serves you. And I think that's, it's a fantastic thing to have the framework. Um, but it's kind of like, I think it's almost like different ways of dancing was the analogy we were, we were using as we were paddling across the leg. It was very idyllic. You know, so when you're training, practicing for your performance, recital, whatever, you could do a choreographed dance and you know every specific move and you mapped it out and then you get up on stage and you pow and you nail it. You're like, I did it. You know, and then there's maybe the other person that's like, well, I just have this whole breadth of work, you know, of practicing these various different skills and, you know, I'm able to kind of just forget about all that, I can just tune into the music as it comes, and maybe the PA system dies midway through. And it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. well, what do we do? I didn't train for this. Right. It's like, oh, well, if you were freestyle, now you go into your, how do you move to silence? Mm. Yeah. You know, so I think that both are completely fine, but ultimately it's like, you know, you never know when the PA system's gonna stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are you, are you are you more freestyle or are you more? Yeah, I mean, I have my little yeah manifestation journal, whatever stuff. But I'm also just I, I'm also I think somewhat what I'd like to deem as like realist, but that's probably nonsense as well. Um, that 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 could completely change. <laughs> like nice. You know, and that's completely fine. <laughs> and so I'm not going to try and because at some point at age thirty or whatever. I created this shape. Now all of a sudden, I'm yeah. going to go out and okay, I have that shape. It happened about 1,200 days ago. I formed the shape. Now I'm going to try and like just jam that shape into every hole. It's like cool. I have a general shape. That's great. It's a vehicle to move through the world with. It's like your identity structure. You know, I remember that my name is Aaron. You know, all mm. that stuff. But then from At that there, point, like, what's a name? <laughs> like, what's that? At this point, like, what's a name? You know, like, all, all of it's just made up, right? Like, it's sort of... It's made up and it's super valuable. Right. Like, I think uh, there's like a Ram Dass quote you guys probably heard, like, you got to remember your social security code and your Buddha nature. 
You know, mm-hmm. so it's like it's like that 50 50 thing you need to be with 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 you Mickey you have to be able to yeah. have that nurturing mm-hmm. vulnerable kind of just supportive just like laying and loving and all that stuff along with the competitive mm-hmm. go-getter side yeah and you need both of them totally so it's like you need the Buddha nature you need the so you maybe you need your illusion of plan and you also need the openness and the receptivity to what's happening in the moment yeah I love that our coach often talks about the idea of feeling as mm. the secret based off this guy, Neville Goddard, of the idea of how do we set intentions that are more grounded into kind of like our internal state than the external accomplishment that will trigger that. And so it's like the idea of sure. anything we want, right, is we want it because of how we subconsciously perceive it will make us feel. Yeah. Whether that's a child or a job or an amount of money, it's like... The, the thing itself, like, okay, sure, but it's like, what does it make I you mean, feel? I mean, child's kind of security or connection. <laughs> and so... Well, that's true. Not to, not to everybody. And ultimately, it's what, what does the child make you feel? Certainly not. And it's like, you know, and what does the child make you feel? The love and the connection yeah. and the purpose the and the presence. And the yeah, the joy. <laughs> like, it's those things, right? And so what, what feeling is a secret is the idea of, like, becoming clear to these like future states and like kind of like the perception of like, okay, so if I'm there and I can meditate into like the, the state that I will mm-hmm. feel after giving my TEDx talk on this thing and the audience erupts and it's like, what are the emotions that are there? And like we can trick ourselves into just like feeling those things right now and then allow those to guide whatever you're doing now potentially towards, you know, these perceived like future feelings, but that like so much of what we desire in the future like we can have those feelings now and if we manifest them now then we're more likely to actually create shit that will be worthwhile to us wherever we mm. end up which i've always really appreciated that yeah so how do you want to feel in two years well i mean the first words that come up i guess are uh free whole uh i think just free and whole <laughs> i love that <laughs> whatever whatever's that yeah, like not feeling like reaching out, grasping, you Great. know, feeling like incomplete. Um, and also within that, yeah. so that's like a full kind yeah. of anchored sensation, but also having the fluidity of feeling yeah. free to, to move. Beautiful. What about you? The words that like are really coming up right now are, are more around like engaged, just really engaged in my life. And like just a ton of fun and I want to feel vital, like engaged in my life, vital and fun. Like feels like laughter. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think fun is my fun and creative are my like North stars and, and that for me, fertile ground, mm. you know, like for fertility. <laughs> and if being, he wants to make a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Well, this has been so lovely. I appreciate you guys making, I, making time to so have this, fun. this, we laughed, this we experience. We laughed, we cried. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. the magic of these recording things. You yeah. get to, I literally think of like my little podcast box. It's like it's like a little magic, ma- box. It's a little magic box. You like <laughs> you open it up, and then you know experiences manifest, and you kind of you shut the box. You're like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, get used to the world it, with my little box because we are stealing him to Austin, Texas. So <laughs> yeah. we're doing many more. Oh, of right, these. that's true. Yeah. Together. It's a very Perfect. high likelihood that I'm going to stick around Texas. Please do. Yeah. Well, we'll that, hang out more. Yes, I like yeah. this idea. Um, where should people go if they'd like to? What's What's the best direction to point? Well, She's got to learn can, about more of your y'all's realities. 
Well, I mean, you can... And I'll do like a description of, of mm-hmm. y'all in the intro and all that stuff. And then we, we just kind of started yeah, talking. But, yeah. I mean, you can always, you can, you can check out, check out my products, um, you know, and all that. Uh, what which, do you care about most as far as product stuff? I love Tushy. Tushy. Well, I'm working on Tushy. I'm such a big fan of bidets. It's so stupid toilet paper. I mean, we don't need to get into all of it. If you don't think it's stupid, <laughs> I don't understand your mind. It's just We're smearing fecal matter into your <laughs> with dry your situation. Paper. The analogy what I give is doing? The, I, were you, what are you doing? Were you a bidet person before? Tushy? I take Thank showers. You. Oh, yes, I literally. Well, I need to get a. I need to get a tushy. I have. I have. I have, I have one for you, but like right now, you're probably. Well, now I'm, now I'm mobile. Once I'm in a position, yeah, I got, I'm going to get a tushy done. because what I did. I'll give you one. I, that's very kind. I appreciate. Uh, but what I did was I would I would just put my bum. You know, and I take one sock, yeah. one sock off, and I do a little. <laughs> I do. Th- I did that too. It's not a big deal, you know, because even like even with the bidet, you're still gotta clean up a little. You gotta do the toilet pat paper dry, and pat yeah. dry and all that stuff. So it's like way more convenient. Like I'm yeah. not suggesting showering your bum every time over getting a, a, a tushy. <laughs> way more convenient. But I've done that literally for years. I've it's, always showered my bum. I the know. idea of walking around the world. Clearly, with fecal matter like hanging off of my body the rest of the day, I think it's insane. No, it's actually, it's actually insane. No, the analogy I give is: imagine if you jumped in your shower and did not turn the water on and right, just used dry just toilet paper it's and wild. rubbed it. It's like you'd be stinky and it's gross. Insensible. It's just nuts. So, what I'm saying is, I'd like to be available for a tossed salad at any point in the day. You know what I mean? You I think, know where you're going. I think, you know? I think, I think that's a very wise place to be. Thank you. And um, if you build it, they will come. I, I agree. <laughs> I wholeheartedly. Never love you. Never know. So I would check out. So check out Hello Tushy for sure. If you yeah. want to ask me some questions about anything, um, you can always just check my Insta out. I'm pretty good at DMs. What is the gram? Um, just at my name, Mickey Agrawal. Great. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Where's Where's good place? Um, I will introduce it so you can go to my website it's andrew horn for all my stuff my podcast and then for anyone who wants to create what we call the most meaningful gift on earth i'm going to give your listeners a free tribute code mm. so we built this website called tribute which when's your birthday you probably don't want seven to seven okay seven seven you yeah got um why would i care imagine waking why would up i, know I don't say know it? some people don't give a shit. people are weird you know yeah um Imagine waking up on your birthday, everyone you know from the one-minute video telling you why you're awesome and why they love you. Mm. So our website, Tribute, automatically collects those videos, stitches them together, and then presents them as a gift. So especially during COVID, very helpful little tool. Um, I mean, his business got shot up, what, 10x? 30x. 30x during COVID. Did you, did, did uh, Craig Clemens? And, yes. And they, yeah. Yeah, I, did, I did one for Craig. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a tribute. That's his company. Um, that's a, that's a lovely cool. experience. So we will add a custom code into his show notes so that you can create one on the house. Cool. And it's, yeah, tribute.co. And by the way, Tushy is hellotushy.com. Do not go to tushy.com. It's a very graphic porn site. Uh, very Go to graphic. hellotushy.com. Very yeah. graphic porn site. Yeah, yeah. I know it very well. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, over and out. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It was clearly very intimate. Uh, at one point, there was tears, there was laughter, there was uh, all the things. And so I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to get to capture those moments and share it with you. Hopefully, it was supportive in your own relationships. If you did enjoy this, if you found it valuable, I think you'd be supportive for friends, family, anybody else in a relationship of any sort, which would be everyone. 
share it. Share on Instagram is a great place. You can share it with uh, tag me at Align Podcast, A-L-I-G-N Podcast. You can tag Miki Agrawal, and you can tag Andrew Horn. And also, once again, if you guys are interested in learning how to drive your body more effectively, if you're experiencing back pain, hip impingement, ankle impingement, shoulder impingement, any of those things, and you are tired of being stuck sitting in front of your computer and hunching over and getting forward head posture, all those things that are consistent in modern culture, we created a six-week online program called the Align Method Online Program. They can be found at alignpodcast.com. Very easy to follow. Each week is highly digestible and uh, highly actionable and uh, breaks down your environment, breaks down how to activate your senses. Your eyes are a major part of the function of your nervous system. If you are feeling stressed, uh, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling tired, there are certain eye exercises that you can do to help support your nervous system to feel better. So we break down exercises of that sort, also a lot of nuts and bolts mechanics of how to function your hips, for example. Most people never got that type of education, and if you understand it, it truly is the fountain of youth. You need to move well to feel well and to have longevity in your life. We break that down in the Align Method. It is the continuation of the Align Method book. Once again, thank you guys for reviews on the Align Method book, and uh, thanks so much for the support of the six-week Align Method online program that can be found at alignpodcast.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to whispering into your ear canals next week. Bye.